Hi everyone and welcome back to Two Feet Apart with me, your host, Peachy Patra. For today's episode, we have Vanessa Smithers. She is a freelance writer and workshop facilitator. If you want to see a sample of her work, feel free to check out the updated origin story on our website, twofeetapart.com. It is incredibly well written and honestly guys, sometimes outsourcing is key. Um... So that'll be included in the links below, of course. Otherwise, please tune in for a really inspiring episode about personal strength. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So my name is Vanessa Smithers, and I'm the founder of Hello, It's V, um, which is a multifaceted creative um, platform. I am currently in the process of building my writing portfolio. I come from a background of social work and education, um, as well as employment consultation and youth work and advocacy. Um, so right now I'm kind of amidst doing 5,000 things at once, which is not new to my life. And uh, this is where we are. That's awesome. I love it. And I love when people have kind of different avenues that they're pursuing because you don't always just have to pick one thing. Exactly. And I think that's something that we're so often forced to do almost by society. It's like, oh, you have to pick one thing and be really good at it and do it forever. But I just can't operate like that. So I feel you. I am exactly the same way. <laughs> um, so I found you on Instagram. I believe someone had shared a quote, like a tweet that you posted or something like that. And I found your page and I was just so drawn to everything about you, your energy, your words, your writing, your look. Um, is like, is social media something that you put a lot of like passion towards creating the content for, or is that just kind of like, this is how I'm showing up today? I don't think much about social media, to be honest. <laughs> so depending on the day, it's just very much, I'm here, I'm showing up how I choose to. And I think that it's a really good representation of who I am, because as much as social media, I feel like doesn't really, it doesn't always display people and like um, their genuine, like, sorry, your genuinity. Mm -hmm. But as far as I'm concerned, I feel like my social media is a good representation oh. of me because, you know, maybe I'm posting a quote some days, other days I might be posting music, other days I might be talking about um, body positivity or taking care of ourselves. And I think it's also a good representation because it just kind of shows the type of person that I am as far as not staying in the box um mm -hmm. and just like having a multitude of different things that I like to do and speak about but on the other hand I feel like if I wasn't immersed in the creative realm I wouldn't be on social media as much as I am like there are parts of me that really struggle with social media um and just what I'm consuming and what we're so exposed to every day but mm -hmm. that's a whole other I could talk about that for forever <laughs> so. I feel you yeah um so in terms of that you mentioned like the creative realm and things like that what are the creative mm -hmm. kind of outlets that you are drawn towards um so I have been writing my whole entire life um it's only been the last I'd say like three or four years that I've been doing it professionally but writing is something that I fell in love with at a very young age. And it's something that I 
knew I wanted to do for the rest of my life when I was a child. But I think that that kind of got lost in translation as I fell in love with other things along the way. Mm-hmm. So besides writing, um, music, I sing. I'm also a vocal coach. Um, I haven't done that in a while, but I do do that as well. Um, I have an apparel line under Hello, It's V. That's been something that's been really, really cool and allowed me to be, almost allowed me to create um, apparel that's intertwined with my writing, which has been awesome. Mm, and okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, that's kind of the creative pieces of what I'm immersed in right now. I love it. What did you, like, is what you do now um, reflecting what you wanted to do when you were younger? So the writing piece is very much what I knew I wanted to do when I was younger. Um, But then given my life journey, it kind of threw me into the world of social work and advocacy and places where I wasn't able to be as creative. But since I've stepped out of that, I really realized that this is what I was meant to do my whole entire life. Um, Mm -hmm. As far as like the apparel is concerned, I never saw this coming ever, even if you would have told me this like two years ago, um, that I'd be able to create something like this and have it really bloom the way that it has. I I never would have thought that. So it's, um, yeah, the writing piece, definitely the apparel, no. And the singing piece, maybe. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, I love, you know, some of the sayings about, um, you know, vulnerability and things like that, Mm -hmm. that you have on your apparel as well. I think it's such refreshing, like messaging to just, um, you know, to have the confidence to be able to want to wear that in public and stuff and start those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think that that's one really cool thing about clothing and apparel, um, is that it's mm-hmm. such a good catalyst for like a discussion. It is, it definitely is. And that's something that even as far as like marketing my stuff, because I don't, I don't have a marketing team. Everything is marketed by the people who buy it, which is great. And one of the selling points that I have learned personally is that it is it is a really great catalyst to conversation, especially if you are someone who hates small talk like I do. Mm-hmm. And like, contrary to popular belief, I'm very introverted. Um, I'm actually super socially awkward. <laughs> so wearing this stuff in public has almost made me feel more comfortable in having those you know, maybe random conversations with people in public. So I hope that that's what it does for other people too. And just outside of like the comfort of conversation, just being able to unpack the things that might be on the shirts, um, I think is also really, really cool and makes the apparel different. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, You had mentioned a little bit about your life journey. And I know that I had kind of read through your website and read it there. Um, But are you Mm -hmm. open to sharing parts of it on here as well? Yeah, of course. Um, do you want me to like start from the beginning? I'm always like, where do I even start with? Right. This? I know <laughs> like, it's such a, you're like, I was born this day. Um, right? <laughs> yeah, we don't need your birthday and time. I promise. Um, if you just okay. start kind of when you kind of were more aware of your independence and your surroundings, I, I feel like that's always a good place to start. 
Sure. So I essentially came from a household that never should have been combined in the first place. And I know that sounds like really crazy to some people. They're like, what do you mean? Um, but just like a really toxic um, family environment. My parents never really got along. There was a lot of um, toxicity in the household, a lot of abuse. And um, I was actually apprehended from my mother's home when my parents split up um, around the age of 10. So between 10 and 12, I was kind of thrown around in foster care, lived in so many different places. And then at 12, I essentially jumped on a bus from Wasega Beach and went to Toronto with like pretty much nothing. So at that point, that's like when I really realized how independent I had to be um, mm -hmm. and how there were so many different pieces moving around me that I had to navigate myself. And I was always, I think, even as a child, someone who was, I always was able to figure things out by myself. But when I moved at 12, I was just kind of like, okay, what's happening now? I have to do all of these things. Um, so just going through different instances and just different environments, um, going from shelters to maybe sleeping outside, to maybe sleeping in banks, um, living in group homes, living on people's couches. Um, I was finally able to get my own apartment around the age of 16 or 17. And that's when it really kind of hit me in the face. Like I have to do something with myself because I can't live like this. Like this isn't, this isn't the life that I'm trying to live. And the people around me, um, I had a feeling like they weren't really motivated by themselves or, or much else to really do anything. But I knew that I had to do something. And um, that's when I just kind of immersed myself into the world of education, because I always knew that I was very intelligent. It was just a matter of creating an environment for myself where I was able to actually go through school without having to think of 7,000 different things at once, like, oh, where am I going to eat today? Or how am I going to get to school? Or um, those types of things. So just kind of leaning on the community for support was really big for me so that I was able to um, go to school and I was able to get an education and essentially be able to move on into something like I'm doing now. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Wow. Um, I can't even imagine, like, I'm pretty sure at 12, I was just like listening to Avril Lavigne and singing in the right. mirror constantly. <laughs> like, <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is something that you would tell your younger self now? that you're going to be okay. Like everything is going to be fine. And I think at that time, especially at 12, I'm like, my whole life is doomed. Mm -hmm. um, I really just didn't see myself doing much of anything. I knew that I wanted to do so much, but I was like, am I going to be able to do anything at this point? Um, probably not. So I think in retrospect, um, telling my younger self, like, you'll be good. You'll be fine. Um, is something that I think would have resonated well. And that even just like that saying itself, like you're good, you're fine. is something I've like translated into like telling myself that on a daily basis. And I've like tied that into my apparel and just like my online presence because it sounds so simple and just like nonchalant, but it has such a deeper meaning for me. And that's what I would tell younger me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and in terms of that, like, 
Um, obviously not a lot of people find themselves in the same situation, but, um, I find that something that's really common is that feeling of overwhelm. Like I want to do so much more, but I don't know how, mm-hmm. um, do you mm-hmm. have any advice for those people that are trying to just find that, that first step? I think it's really like the first step to doing, I think is just like, it sounds so corny and cliche, but like believing that you can do it and just like not being like trying to almost like, it's like that fake it till you make it approach almost like I'll be fine. I'm good. It's like a lot of like self-talk, a lot of self-affirmations, a lot of um, having to be fearless, even when you're fearful. So like Mm. not being nervous to spark up conversations with people and like access resources and ask questions and advocate for yourself. And like really as much as those things can be uncomfortable, like, again, it sounds easier. It's easier said than done, but just really putting one foot in front of the other to do what you can for yourself and seek out the knowledge that you can to like move forward and do what you want to do. And just finding value in in relationships too. Um, Because for me growing up, like having friends wasn't a priority. It wasn't something that I cared about. Um, Just having people around me wasn't a priority because I'm like, I need to do everything by myself because I don't trust anybody else to do it for me. So I think also learning how to trust other people and build rapport with other people and um, use them to help lift you and move you. Um, So it's all also that like intertwines into like making connections with people who, who are maybe like a few steps ahead of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's powerful. And um, I see like a big theme in that is that community, whether it's using the resources or the supports Mm -hmm. or even just kind of the guidance and things like that. Um, and Definitely. that's something that I'm totally about. And I think that's so important. And it's not really like, like I find from personal experience, it's mm-hmm. not something that I was taught to mm-hmm. take advantage of. It was something that I had to actively seek out and remind myself, like, that's what it's there for. Most definitely. I wasn't taught about any of that stuff either. Like I was never encouraged to, you know, meet friends or talk to new people or really do much of any of that so it's like sometimes we just have to teach ourselves the things that we were never taught um instead of just like sitting there and making excuses like oh I wasn't taught that so I don't know and just like really learning to pull value from from things that are different and outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. do you think um that your physical appearance um, kind of aligns with who you are or is there a discrepancy? Because I find that um, with creative people and people that have kind of, um, I don't even know how to word it, like that have a lot more depth and are like in tuned with it. Like everyone has that, but not Mm -hmm. everyone's in tune with it. Um, Mm -hmm. That sometimes it can really radiate through your appearance Um, Mm -hmm. but then other times, you know, people assume one thing and then they get to know you and they're like, Oh, like, do you find that that's the case for you? (laughs) That is often the case in my life. I feel like physically it's often, I feel like oftentimes, and I don't know how to say this without being just like super blunt (laughs) because that's just 
who I am. So I feel like a lot of the times people will see me and they're like, oh, like, who is this girl? Like, she's just on the internet talking. Like, she's just putting out these, you know, putting out these things. Maybe she posts photos of herself, maybe not too much depth. Um, and I often run into people that are like, yeah, when I first saw you on the internet, I thought that you were like this. I thought maybe you were like a little floozy and like a little, you know, like maybe not as intelligent as you are and not as well-spoken as you are, but in through conversation and through learning my story and just through learning who I am on a day-to-day -day basis, I think that they're able to you know, really be able to take in who I actually am instead of just making assumptions and preconceived notions. Mm -hmm. It's one of those kind of not even don't judge the book by the cover, but it's kind of mm -hmm. like it all ties together in a bigger way mm -hmm. than a lot of people seem to assume. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that it's, it's so interesting because I think when we see women who I, I think I very much like stand in my physical appearance. So like, I'm often talking about like body positivity and just mm -hmm. like how certain things go on for me and, you know, stuff like that. And people are like, oh, well, you're out on the internet, like in your bra, like you must be stupid. And I'm like, mm, not actually though. So. Right. Yeah. And this is a conversation I have with quite a few of my friends um, because I work in the marketing space and things like that. And so I work with a lot of content creators and, you know, there's some that are well known for always showing up, you know, in their bra or in more um, intimate poses and things like that. And then there's some that feel that they can't even be in that category because of the type of content that they produce. Um, but I think right. it's important to honor that, like, we can all be like sexual, sensual beings without, you know, like you can post a sexy right. photo and like sex without wanting to have sex with everybody. And, you exactly. know, things like that, like it's more a for yourself thing. Exactly. Like who says I want to have sex with you because I'm outside or like I'm on, like if I'm on the internet in my bathing suit, like, uh, I don't know who said, like who said that. Exactly. So it's, it, I feel like it just says more about people than it does about us as the people who might be fine with it, you know? So, right. It's more about, it says more about them, how they interpret it, because that's based off their experiences. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You had made a post, um, regarding kind of like boundaries and in the sense that, um, you know, you seek out all things with love and things like that. And that's one of the mm -hmm. things that I've really, learned from you to be honest um and just kind of going through your posts and things like that is that you speak a lot of love and it's one of those things that like I don't know I feel like I grew up in a weird space where it was like love is reserved for like family and significant others and that's it and everything else just has to be like whatever um yeah and then as I've grown I've learned to kind of lead with love and lead with you know what genuinely makes me happy and that kind of thing um mm -hmm. and there was someone else I followed that mentioned that like love is infinite it's this concept that there's no end to it um right but the way that you kind of speak on this in your page, I think is really impactful. Um, was that hard to kind of live by and start to establish more in your life? It's definitely been a journey and transparently speaking, it's something that I'm still working on. So like, I like to speak it so I can live it. Um, and it's, 
I didn't grow up in a household. I didn't have a childhood really where love lived in my house. It didn't live with me, period. Like it didn't live in me. It didn't live outside of me. It just, to me, like love just didn't exist. Mm -hmm. So as I grew older and I was, I, I noticed that I was really trying to find love in other people. So like, oh, like relationships or, oh, maybe through friendships, like toxic friendships, toxic um, romantic relationships, intimate relationships. And then I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like love needs to live inside of me before I even start to try to give that to other people. Mm -hmm. So like through establishing it, inside of myself I feel like it's it's easier for me to give it um but the only way that I'm able to genuinely give love is if I'm loving myself if that makes any sense so just mm -hmm. like that internal process of showing up for myself and showing myself love regardless of what that looks like on any given day is really just my process and how I'm able to speak it and give it and hope for the same from for other people Mm -hmm. And what are some of the ways that you do that? Like, what are some ways that you show yourself that love and give it to yourself? So I would say over the last few years, probably the last like two years, actually, a huge step to me showing myself love has been through the implementation of boundaries, um, boundaries with friends, boundaries with family members, boundaries with partners, um, because I noticed for so long, I was just someone who would just sit back and just be like, okay, yeah, no problem. Okay, yeah, no problem. And then just be like really upset um, when certain things would happen. So I really had to like assess my life and be like, why am I consistently letting the same things upset me? And the first step to like really implementing boundaries for myself was like cutting off toxic family members. And mm -hmm. growing up for me, it was always like, oh, those are your, it's, it's your family. So it doesn't matter. Like they can basically run you dry and you need to continue to show up for them. Um, otherwise, if you're not a good person. So taking that step, as far as cutting off toxic family members, really, really set the tone um, for the other boundaries that I've had to set in my life. And then as far as other things, I think this also kind of ties into boundaries is, is saying no to people like, mm -hmm. no, I can't go. No, I don't want to No, this doesn't sit well with me. Because again, um, as someone who has struggled with abandonment throughout my life, like in the past, no, saying no to people means like they're going to leave or that mm -hmm. relationship is going to be tarnished. If I say no, well, there goes that. But really learning that like, no is okay, um, has been really, really, really helpful and exponential to my growth and just that self-love also. And then just making sure that I'm doing things that I want to do. Like, I don't like to confine myself. I don't like to put myself into boxes. Like I wanna do all the things. I wanna go all the places and I wanna talk to all the people and just like being okay with that, um, as far as like the non-confinement has also been a large part of self-love for me as well. Um, yeah. Mm, I love that. I'm just taking it all in for a second. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's so important because a big concept that, especially as females, um, is that we learn that we you know, have to people please and things like that. And I find yeah. that 
you know, looking at even my siblings, I noticed that my brothers have much less of a hard time with this um, than Mm -hmm. my sisters and things like that. And I think it's very fascinating. And I was reading something and it kind of said that, you know, you need to normalize saying no and without over explaining Mm -hmm. yourself, because I'm the person that I'll say no to something and then have to go into depth as to why I had to say no and feel like I have to justify (laughs) it. But I feel like that's almost more damaging as well. Yes. And that's something, again, I'm also in the process of learning how to not justify myself because it's so Mm -hmm. easy to be like, no, I can't because, and then you're pulling excuses out of your ass, basically like trying to figure out why you can't when it can really just be like, no, I don't want to. (laughs) And I think that that's, that's a skill and skills take building. So I think if we can try to practice that, like more frequently than not, we'll get to a point where it's just like, no, that's it. No, it's no. Right. It's a complete sentence. That's it. Yes. And that's it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Is there something else that you live by? So kind of implementing these boundaries, the self-love saying no, all of that. Is there like a motto or something that you kind of use to remind yourself on days that you're struggling with any of this? Um, not really a motto, but I, when I'm struggling with anything, um, because like I struggle with like depression and anxiety. Um, So some days for me are harder than other days and it's all self-managed. And I often ask myself, when do I feel my best? Like, what does that look like? Like, what does the best Vanessa look like? What is she doing that day? What is she speaking that day? Who is she speaking to? And so often it comes back to very basic things. So Vanessa feels best when you know, I've worked out for like 30 minutes. I feel my best when I'm saying no to people. I feel the best when I'm communicating with people. um, And maybe I'm not stressing out about what I look like in the mirror. So like, it can vary from day to day. But I think the most important question that I really have to ask myself when I'm struggling is, is what, like, when do you feel your best? And like, what does that look like? So Mm, that's a good one. I'm going to add that to my wall. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, I, I read this book. Um, it's called single on purpose by John Kim, the angry therapist. Um, and in okay. it, he said that, you know, close your eyes, imagine a time that you were your happiest. Um, now think how can yes. you integrate that and break it down and integrate it into your life. And this is kind of what that is reminding me of. And honestly, I found it to be such a catalyst and game changer for me. Mm-hmm. It's so helpful and it sounds so simple and like some people find it corny, but it's like, no. And like, it's something I even like when I work with young people who are struggling with like 20,000 different things, like that's really the question that I'm always asking them. Like when you were like, when you are your best self, what does that look like? Like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? How are you feeling? Like what, what's happening for you when you have succeeded in the past or like when you are having a good day, so Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, and how does kind of, you know, everything socially right now, everything politically, everything health wise, like it's all just kind of taken a dive bomb the past 18 or so months. Um, mm-hmm. how, <laughs> how are ways that you kind of keep yourself 
up in that because I know that, you know, depression and anxiety levels spiked through that. I know mine definitely went through a journey in that. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, and then a lot of the times we can't do the things that make us feel happy because of all of these limitations that are put in place. Right. So as far as how I've been navigating that, it's really just like pivoting. And I know that pivot has been the word like that everybody's been using, but just like, but like almost like modifying things. So I find, I find that I feel best and like my depression doesn't kick my ass like when I'm able to stay active. So maybe I'm not going to the gym five days a week, but I'm in the house doing something or I'm walking around or um, even just like, again, just keeping those same, keeping boundaries throughout this pandemic has been the most helpful thing. Because I think in this time so often, people think because, well, maybe not so much now because things are pretty open, but earlier on people just assumed like oh we're all in the house we're all just doing nothing so now I'm entitled to everybody's time and you should pick up the phone all the time and you should want to do all these things with me and I am not a social person really like by nature like it's not even (laughs) because of like the things that I've gone through like I'm just not so like Mm -hmm. feeling that pressure um really had it really pushed me to communicate and I feel like I was able to push through the pandemic and be successful in business and in relationships through setting boundaries and communication. So like that, that's what got me through this whole entire time. Uh-huh. That's so good. Um, honestly, boundaries are like a miracle drug almost like it's just, they are, I think it's something that everyone needs to just kind of soak in and start using because it can be used. I find in every aspect, it can be used in work. It can be used with friends, family, social life, whatever you can even use it. I used it when I was pregnant and I was struggling with healthcare providers. Like it's one of those things that like saying no as a complete sentence can just be implemented everywhere to make your life so much easier. Exactly. And I find that boundaries are often spoken about, but I find that in my interpersonal relationships, like they're not really established very well. Cause like mm-hmm. it's, it's hard, like boundaries are harder to establish than I think most people think it's like I said, it's, it's a skill that we need to continue to work at. And once you are able to master it or even like partially master boundaries, your life gets much easier. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, if you were to write your life story into a book, what would the title be? It's interesting because I'm also in the process of doing that. Oh, okay. You don't have to give away no. any uh, secrets. <laughs> like, I and I actually don't even know. That's the thing. I'm like, I I might just self-title it like myself myself because it really might just be Vanessa because nobody can represent myself like I feel like no slogan um nobody can represent me and my story other than myself so Mm -hmm. it really just might be that Vanessa I like it yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's the (laughs) podcast title um yes (laughs) (laughs) uh how would you describe what you think your purpose is 
in this moment, because obviously that's something that kind of evolves as you go. Um, and it doesn't even have to be very specific. Mm -hmm. So I think my purpose has remained constant my whole life. And I really believe as if it is to connect with people. And it's interesting because as an introvert and someone who's not super social, um, having that as my purpose makes things difficult sometimes. But I think that the purpose of connecting with people has like now evolved into connecting with people through writing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much what my purpose is for now. <laughs> I think it's really fascinating that that's, um, that that was your answer considering you are so introverted. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Because like, even in the realm of, um, education and working with young people for so long, like I feel best when I'm working with, a, well, I just, yeah, I feel best when I'm working with young people. Um, like, it's almost like it's like an alter ego. Like, I'm very, like, immersed. I'm very outgoing. I'm very, like, helpful and vulnerable. And it's it's a really different experience. So I think, yeah, like, my, my life purpose is to really just connect with people, um, regardless of how I'm connecting or what I'm doing for them, I guess. It's just that connection piece. Mm -hmm. um, so considering you've done a lot of work with youths, um, what is one kind of universal message that you would put out regarding how we continue to raise and shape our youth? I think we have to trust youth before we can continue to ask them to do things because I feel like the, all the systems that we work within, especially in the realm of, of youth work and um, this is like a society. I feel like youth have a pretty bad rap. Um, mm -hmm. I come from a background of working predominantly with black youth, black male youth. And um, with that being said, I think we owe them a lot more than what we give them. Mm -hmm. um, we need to trust them more. We need to actually believe in them more. We need to give them more opportunities. Um, we need to give them more platforms for their voices. And we need to create more space for vulnerability within youth because youth turn into adults. And um, if we're not kind of um, sowing the seeds and watering them when they're young, like it just becomes a mess in adulthood. So those are all of my messages. <laughs> I like it. Um, I also secretly just asked because I'm raising a son. <laughs> um, oh, yes. Right. It's one of those things that like I found that becoming a parent now, I'm just like, I want to be so aware of kind of all of those mm -hmm. things. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's kind of, I've noticed it as a trend with a lot of people that have become parents in the past few mm -hmm. years with everything going on. And obviously like we'll make mistakes and stuff like that, but I see people paying a lot of attention to like attachment and to mm -hmm. like teaching them kind of the trust and the confidence um, and natural mm -hmm. development and things like that. So I think it's really, um, I think it's really great that people like you are out there kind of advocating for these youth and kind of trying to provide that resource for them as well. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, 
it can definitely get frustrating, but it's, um, it's, it's worthy work and it's, it's needed work. So. Mm -hmm. Um, what about your story do you think is important for other people to hear? Um, what do I think is important to hear? I think just like paying attention to like the evolution of it. Like I really was able to build a life for myself that is nowhere close to what I thought it was going to be. And so with that being said, I really hope that it just empowers people to do the same for themselves. Like we as humans can really do anything that we want to do um, at any given time. I feel like if we equip ourselves with the right tools, then we can, we can go where we want. So it's really being able to take that out of my story and that's, that's it. Like, I don't, I hate when people sympathize with the story um, instead of taking out like, okay, like this is like the strength of the story and I want to do this too. Or like, I can do this too. So it's not meant to be like a pity party. Um, It's more so meant to like propel other people forward. So that's what I'm hoping people kind of hear from this and, and take from it. I love that. I did have a question regarding that though. Um, Mm -hmm. in terms of kind of, we can do anything and that kind of thing. What about, um, those barriers that some people, um, and I'm sure you've faced plenty, um, Mm -hmm and things like that, but those barriers that people feel really stuck behind things like finances, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's you're in debt or you just can't seem to, you know, manage money. I like growing up. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. I'm not sure where I was going with that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like as far as like that stuff, it's really like identifying the barrier and like taking the steps like even, and that's, I think where like building relationships and community comes in and it's, yes, it's definitely harder. It's harder in practice, um, but just really using the people around you. And if there are no people around you, like creating the space for people to be around you, um, seeking out support. Like, and I find that a lot of people, um, they allow like their pride and their ego to get in the way, but like ask questions, make connections, um, seek out things for yourself. Um, just really like do what you can for you. And I'm sure with that, if people really dedicate themselves to doing it and yeah, that they'll be able to kind of go and do whatever they want. Beautiful. Um, is there anything that you're currently working on or trying to raise awareness for? Um, anything I'm working on. So I am in the process of building my writing portfolio because I've been writing for so long, but I never really took the time to build a portfolio, which is shame on me. So I'm that's that's currently like my main focus at this time um everything else has kind of taken a back seat a little bit mm-hmm. um but yeah that's that's my main that's my main project right now and learning how to be a full-time 
entrepreneur, freelancer, um, because I just quit my nine to five for the second time last week. <laughs> now I'm like, okay, congrats. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, just trying to rebuild my life and get myself together. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. Um, so I'll include the links to this below, but where can our listeners best find or support you? Um, so I can be found on Instagram at hello, it's V and hello has, so it's H E L L L O it's V and V is V E E. Um, Instagram, Twitter, I can also be found on my website, which is www.helloitsv.com. And there people are able to fill out forms if they would like to collaborate, they can check out the apparel, they can read my story, they can reach out for really anything. I'm pretty versatile at this point. So um, yeah, that's, that's it. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us, sharing a little bit about your story and some really good bits of wisdom and like encouraging thoughts. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. And yeah, I just really appreciate your invitation to come through. My pleasure.